Hello all Beard Inside listeners. We get that watching a YouTube video isn't always an option, so here's the audio from our newest episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, or any other listening avenue for this podcast. We also kindly ask you to rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. Today we are back in St. Albans, Vermont, and joining me is Ricky of Groenville Meadery. I Thanks almost said brewery. <laughs> That's okay. It does not upset me. <laughs> it's just, it's so used because like it's it's almost always brewery, but last week's interview, we interviewed a distillery, so I should be knowing better no matter what. Uh, thank you very much for taking time out of your clearly busy schedule to speak with us about your meadery today. Uh, we're going to be trying some meads in the meantime as well. I look forward to this. Tell me the story of Groenfell. So we started our meadery like all meaderies start. A lot of breweries start when someone says, wow, this is a great beer. I want to learn to brew that. Uh, all meaderies that I know of, someone read a story and they're like, what the hell is mead? Yeah. And they go down the rabbit hole. Most of us started as home brewers. I mean, there's still no place you can get a degree in mead making. So we were traveling around, my wife and I, and we lived in the Midwest for a while. We knew we wanted to move back to Vermont to start a business and mead just kept coming back up. And the market was more or less wide open. What we made up until very recently was exclusively craft mead. Mm -hmm. So carbonated, low ABV, and talk about a wide open market. I mean, I believe to this day, if you Google define craft mead, it's a (laughs) quote from me that comes up as Google's official definition. Awesome. That's amazing. Uh, Yeah, uh, so we met Bryce uh, during September Fest, which was awesome. And then that's when I'm like, oh, they're in St. Albans, which is a hop, skip, and a jump for us. We got to interview them. So Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I wake up in the morning, one village up from here, my phone says, welcome to Canada. <laughs> I'm that close to the border. So, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Uh, let's try mead. Yeah. So we're going to start with Valkyrie's Choice. Yeah. This is what we call a straight mead. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different terms for a traditional mm-hmm. classic. The reason we don't go with the terms traditional or classic is if you pick up a recipe book from the 16th century, you will find that the one thing that isn't in there is mead mm-hmm. with nothing else in it. Okay. They were always throwing in this, that, or the other. So this is a straight mead, meaning there's only honey in it. Okay. Awesome. Cheers. A toast. Oh, so clean. So refreshing. Yeah. So that was one of the things that we tried to bring to this is... So this is fermented in combination with wild yeast. And people hear wild yeast and they think sours, Britannomyces, lactobacillus. Mead, most people know that honey never spoils. Mm -hmm. And that's not because of the magic compound defense in A, (laughs) though it doesn't hurt. It's the mere hygroscopy. It's the the hydration level of those sugars. Nothing can thrive. Mm -hmm. But the things that can survive will be especially attuned to working with honey, just like the yeast on the outside of a, a cider apple yeah. is attuned to making good cider. The trick is knowing how to work with these 150 unknown little friends of yours. <laughs> so what we do is we use a house strain that goes into every single batch, but we never kill the wild yeast. Mm-hmm. We just try to sort of overwhelm it um, and let it do its thing in the background while the, the predominant flavors come from a clean fermenting yeah. uh, strain. But, yeah. yeah, I always find it interesting, like discovering how alcohol is created. It's like, yeah, these little microscopic things basically eat sugar and fart out alcohol, and mm-hmm. that's deliciousness in a glass. I'm like, that works for me. Yep. <laughs> so. We actually just started a mushroom farm here as well because uh, I run a hobby farm. Mm-hmm. But jumping from farmer to mushrooms is just a crazy jump. It's like jumping from track 
to speed skating. It seems you're going in a straight line real fast, but it's a completely different skill set. Whereas going from brewing to mushrooms, it's identical. We already yeah. have the sanitizing agents. We're used to the cleaning protocols. Uh, we, we actually even have the uh, containers that mushrooms are grown in. And so we've just been scaling up our, our love and passion around yeast. It just, it seems like the Vermont attitude to like use renewable resources, you know, all about the nature. We spoke with Levi up at Kramer and Ken, and he's like all about just capturing wild yeast. Mm -hmm. him, and, him and his wife and his sister, just like what they're creating there. And then it just, it seems to have carried into mead here with you. Oh yeah. Although you guys are 10 years ahead of, yeah. of them. So. Well, it's that it's the way it was always done. Mm -hmm. And just because something was done one way 400 years ago doesn't automatically make it right. Yeah. Look at um, germ theory, saving a lot of lives. Um, but there are certainly things to be learned by working with nature and not against it. Mm -hmm. And that is something that has never really changed. As uh, one of my favorite researchers says, nature always bats last and she always wins. <laughs> so when you're trying to create, sure, you can do a sterilized Mm. atmosphere that's what a lot of the large breweries do that's what some mycology labs do but if you open yourself up to allowing a relationship with your yeasts and the product you're working with uh hermit thrush yeah. is an amazing sour beer brewery and that's really their relationship they don't let it go crazy yeah they're in control but they're in relationship yeah i mean it says it right there when you walk in it's yes they're all sour mm -hmm. and there are it's surprisingly there's still a lot of people who think you know, craft beer is alchemist. Right. But and don't, don't get, get me wrong. Me wrong. Uh, yeah. right. Alchemist is absolutely fantastic, but sometimes I want a sour. Yep. And I so. want to open this one. So this yeah. is the other end of the spectrum. So this is what we call a strong mead. Mm -hmm. The way we define it, and these are not, not rigorous definitions, but craft mead is like a beer. So yeah. it's somewhere between a 4% and 9% alcohol. Honey wines being the largest category uh, are wine-like. It's right there in the name. And these are the people that are trying to replicate a Chardonnay, but with honey. Okay, and cool. then above that is what we call strong meads. And this is where your Dans Mule, Vikingsblod. A lot of those meads are way up there. They are. They tend to be sweeter, though ours are not. Mm -hmm. um, I will actually give you the numbers on this <laughs> puppy in a second if you want to yeah, slide no. your glass over. Uh, we, it's 15.9% alcohol. And I'll be sipping that. Yep. <laughs> we ferment it so dry yeah. that it weighs less than water. Okay. The weight of ethanol to the weight of H2O comes into play. But once again, if we tried to fight the wild yeast in this, yeah. there's no way we could ever get it to completion. Its final gravity is, I think, 994 on this batch. Yeah. Now, the science of alcohol making is amazing to me. It's. I've always said, you know, I'd have to be somebody financially supporting and coming up with ideas of like hey let's do a trivia night and karaoke night and then hire a really good person like yourself to make everything for me um so. this is the relationship so my wife and i are both brewers mm -hmm. and we sort of drew a line this is really important in any business relationship but also when you're married yeah <laughs> she's yeah. the ceo yeah. On a bad financial day, I know about it. Okay. But I don't tend to know the specifics. She'll give me marching orders. Mm -hmm. On the other side, she knows if I have a bad brew day, but she doesn't need to be in there and, you know, getting small yeah. steam burns. But for the first three years, it was both of us all the time, every day. And she famously was going to be a speaker at the Women Business Owners Network. And we were brewing together. She had 45 minutes, and we had what we used to call a cannonball before we knew how to get the honey liquid again, because everything we use is raw, mm -hmm. so it'll crystallize very readily. Uh, 555 pounds of honey hit a 
thousand gallon bath of water, shot 18 feet up in the air and back on her. And everyone thought she had put gel in her head <laughs> um, when she went to speak. So eventually you find this line, but she's yeah. really, and she's our top taster to this mm. day. Um, everything goes through her before it goes out. Well, it, it, a study came out that women have better palates than men. So there's no Often question better. about it. You know, uh, one of the only big uh, Cicerones or, or sommelier, yeah, Cicerones in Canada is uh, Morella Amato, mm-hmm. and she's our only female master Cicerone in Canada because it's not an easy business. And it's time that this stops being a boys' business. Oh my God. Let's be honest. Like, I'm going. I'm going to say it. The reason we ended up in mead was because beer, despite efforts being made had horrific, offensive, sexist advertising, still does a decade later. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's any better. Cider was, in the United States, being treated more and more as a girl's drink, mm-hmm. which really offended Kelly as an IPA. I mean, Hops, Hopstorm is far and away her favorite thing. Yeah. She's a double IPA drinker in her, her normal life, whiskey as well. But Mead was open. Yeah. And we wanted a place where we could write a story that wasn't, putting a shoulder into this behemoth yeah. of marketing. And that's where I love a lot of the local cider makers, pushing that story back, saying, no, cider was this. Look to Britain, look to Spain, look to Germany, look mm-hmm. to the Scandinavian countries. It can be something different. Yeah. So this is also fermented with wild yeast. Quite nice. Thank you. Just throw it here. Oh, wow. That is 15%? Just about 16, yeah. Wow, it does not taste like that. So we like to give people warnings. Yeah, this this could be dangerous. This can this could trick somebody very easily, like yes. me. Uh huh. <laughs> and so. so that's why we use the term "strong mead." Mm-hmm. Is it, we want it to be wow. visceral, and some people want that. Some people want yeah. that experience of getting knocked on their rear ends in the middle of a D and D game. But uh, <laughs> it's sometimes you got to speak to your target market. Yeah, um, well, there, there's talks yeah. about this uh, an audio form, format only of our show becoming. Uh, Drinking and dragons, basically. So I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so this one was. It took me seven years before I felt confident to make this. Wow. It's to get something this clean yeah. while allowing the wild yeast to do its work. I mean, that's one of the things. Hermit thrush thrives on their sour. I wanted this to be made with wild yeast, but not sour in the way people think of it. And one of the things is that the primary metabolites just aren't there mm-hmm. in honey to make some of those really. I would call them rangy sour flavors that you can get out of a beer. Yeah, that's that can be dangerous. That's yes. that's especially what catches me nowadays is like double IPAs that taste like juice. Yep. So it's, it's, they it's call them juicy IPAs yeah. for a reason. So, uh, Gronfell slash Havoc. Yep. What's kind of the difference between the two? So when we founded, we had no competition in mm-hmm. our space. Ten years later, um, we still don't have competition. There are other mead makers out there making craft mead, but. Mm-hmm. In our category, really selling widely, there are still maybe 10 of us. Okay. And I just kept expecting this to be, it's an open field. Why weren't there more people in it? Um, you just saw me eat it in the back and uh, <laughs> pour honey on myself. So I guess in a, in a genuine, uh, why wouldn't someone choose this as a life path? I get it. But uh, people are still entering the honey wine category, the strong mead category, but I'm not seeing people enter this category at the rate that I expected. Mm-hmm. And so... We brought in a, an assistant brewer and let him make up a line. And so Grunfell, we set a set of rules at that mm-hmm. point. And we're like, everything in Grunfell has to be able to point 
to the region and time period on which this mead is based. So like Valkyrie's Choice, the one we first tasted, was made in consultation with uh, Morten Volmine of the University of Copenhagen. Okay. To be as close as possible, minus the uh, angry dead bee parts and um, plus the bubbles, to a Viking ceremonial mead that's being made. Everyone thinks those meads would have been, you know, 15% alcohol and not... They didn't have the, the technology, yeah. really. They didn't have the straining technology, which is why all of our meads are not clarified, again. But in the Havoc side, that's our American craft. I, okay. I came out of the beer world, and Hopswarm is my least favorite thing to brew, favorite thing to drink. I don't know how people deal with hops in and out every <laughs> single day. They're so messy. Uh, honey, it just dissolves in there. Yeah. You're good. You go yeah. home. Sticky, but home. Yeah, I mean, that's when we speak to brewers. It's like, what do you do with all the spent grain? What do you do with all the spent stuff? So, so. we don't have nearly the waste of mm-hmm. a beer brewery, but we are a closed circuit mm-hmm. here at the facility. So the metabolic activity of the yeast we use to heat the building. Um, all of that temperature control is controlled by solar on the roof. Any natural gas we need for our nominal water heating is renewable natural gas, which is made from waste products in Vermont that turn into natural gas and come back to us. Yeah. And we're now using any leftovers we have, the hops and other things like that, as a substrate for mushrooms. The substrate grows the mushrooms. The substrate then goes to our hobby farm. Yeah. Gronfeld, that name is pretty unique. Where does that come from? Uh, so it's a, a nerdy play on words. Okay. So uh, I speak a handful of languages, not well, but one of them I do not speak is Old Norse. But in the middle of the night while we were starting our company, I woke up and I was like, grun, 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 grun is green, fell is mountain, grunfell. And I went back to sleep. And when I woke up in the morning, I looked it up. And sure enough, that is Green Mountain in Old Norse. Um, so Vermont yep. is Green Mountain in French, <laughs> yeah. sort of. Um, but yes, it just means it just means Green Mountain, Vermont. So, Green Mountain State. Yes, it Works. is. Why complicate things? Right. And for people who don't know that, they'd be like, oh, it's so simple. Yes, and it's also a unique identifier. So yeah. if you Google Grunfeld, we are literally the only thing that comes up, which is pretty rare for words. Yeah. Roblox and difficulties creating creating the brand. I everything. Mean, everything. We were just, unheard of. Yeah. Um, we just, as I said, I kept expecting people to come onto the market and be my competitors, but open up the space. And there we were working with other people, begging them to come into our marketplace. Yeah. And we found in a couple places we sell through distribution outside of the state, the local meadery sales went up once it was a category. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, in the beyond beer beverage as, uh, uh, space, as they're calling it, there's kombucha now, which has that healthy thing. And I won't, I won't pretend, yeah. you know, it, yes, people can write their own stories about our cranberry meat or our blackcurrant meat or the fact that honey is supposedly healthy. It's a lot of sugar that's been turned into alcohol, and you can go look up the data yourself on drinking regularly and make your own conclusions. Mm-hmm. But I won't play the it's, it's better for you than beer yeah. category. Beer, I mean, there's way more nutrients and you know minerals in it. But that unwillingness to pretend it's good for you it's also not beer and well-known it's not wine it's not liquor means that while this story was wide open which was so (laughs) exciting at first there was nowhere for us to slot ourselves into yeah i guess just naturally being in the green mountain state using renewable energy and all that stuff was just that had to come it did and also i am notoriously stingy i designed the system that recaptures the metabolic activity of the yeast the idea of throwing anything away galls me Uh, my daughter, who's five, just decided she wants to learn how to weave, which is great. 
And so she's using the pallet strapping, which is not recyclable. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. To she's taking the strapping and weaving things out of it. I know pallets, like in general, are not reusable wood. So right. that's that's a very difficult thing. Is you can't just be reusing the wood. So you got to either stoke your fire pit or whatever. And yep. that's not great wood usually most of the time. So yeah, we uh, we'll rebuild things out of that. We'll um, we actually uh, Autumn, who does a lot of our artwork. Uh, she did every one of these bottles you okay. see. In fact, uh, she has a goat farm and there are piles of pallets that we collect. Anything that we can ship out on or send to UPS on a given day goes to her to build fencing and she's got a whole team of people that can work yeah. with anything. So yeah, like you guys are hyper, hyper focused about like renewable, renewable, renewable. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what we need now, especially with climate change. I mean, we're doing this interview in November and it feels like it's summer outside. It's wild to me because yep. I'm used to, as a kid, there was snow on the ground mm -hmm. when I was trick or treating. Mm -hmm. So yeah. <laughs> um, and you said you're from the Midwest, so I'm guessing well, Wisconsin. I'm actually, no, actually oh. I, I, I did my master's degree out there. I'm oh, okay. originally from the Mid-Atlantic where okay. they've seen just crazy fluctuations, even greater than we've seen up yeah. here. So we've seen average fall temperatures go up a couple degrees, yeah. but now where I grew up is getting hit with hurricanes yeah. every year where they used to get hit once every couple years. Yeah, we got nailed with a tornado when we were in the Muskoka's a mountain area in Ontario, and it's like, not when I was a kid. Yep. So it's it's crazy. Yep. And at least I find breweries, most of the breweries that we speak with, the craft is, you know, oh, my spent grain goes to a farmer, and he feeds mm -hmm. the pigs, and then he slaughters the pigs, and then we sell the bacon. Yep. And I'm like, perfect. Yep. You know, I'm personally a meat eater. I don't see myself changing anytime soon, but if I could get a locally sourced pork or mm -hmm. beef or whatever i'd rather do that so. you could move to vermont it's easy here there's times it's yeah. real tempting i just do enjoy my universal health care in canada i was going to say so. <laughs> there are times it's very tempting to move to canada yeah. I, I dig uh so you mentioned it, it's somebody local who does all your designs yeah in-house okay yep. and naming as well or is that kind of uh, a team that effort? that's a team effort okay. so the original i mean the original three from grunfeld have been around for eight years now okay um they're all references to uh north germanic and norse mm -hmm. traditions um, which I felt I could draw from being North German and Scandinavian myself. And then the Havoc names um, have gone through a few iterations and we just started a collaboration with Grimfrost and we worked with them to come up with names for their products and they did the design work for those. Yeah. No, I, I like the I like the mead concept. I know when I first started craft, I was watching on YouTube. It's like, what's a mead? And then some guys like, here's how I make my own Viking blood mead. He's like, you need a lot of cherry. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well... First of all, I don't have the room, but second of all, I like the concept of, you know, it's, it's honey. It's, it's more, it's more local than you would think a brewery does because they have to outsource their hops. Yeah. We, we do a combination of honeys here and we usually use stuff from cent um, Midwest, North Midwest, U.S. and right around you in Canada, one of the top honey suppliers uh, regionally. And then we have changed obviously over 10 years, honey supply has been wild yeah. but i mean we use more honey per year than the entire state of vermont produces i mean that includes home beekeepers wow i mean i've got i brewed with six thousand pounds uh today and that's not unusual for me that's so, crazy yeah so for our special like sours we use really local like mm -hmm. we can see them from the the roof here to my understanding, the percentage of bees lost this season was a lot higher than it normally is and yes honey's becoming a more niche product to get for some people so uh thanks to covid with all of the other 
hiccups it caused, yeah. raw honey was classified as a health food, meaning that it's sold in vastly higher quantities. Ugh. And I tried to buy 100% domestic from, I won't name them, but the largest U.S. blender of honey. And they would not sell to me. No, 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 no price question. They would not sell to me because they could only supply a few of their existing suppliers. Wow. So that's nuts. Yeah. That yeah is, and, I mean, we yeah. need the bees. Boy, do we. So uh, we actually run a wild pollinator health project here. Okay. Uh, we're going to be releasing a little handbook uh, mm -hmm. for free. We're an open source company. Yeah. All of our recipes are free. If you're a home brewer, go ahead. <laughs> They're all free online. <laughs> but the we need bees and it's not just yeah. honeybees yeah uh, honeybees have a financial incentive behind them to exist uh we need pollination services yeah. the government will keep backing them it's the wild pollinators that are getting destroyed yeah. and honeybees only pollinate about 35 percent of our crops yeah. so because hex and hops he's he's got his own bees and he said i think he said he lost 60 percent this year yep. which is that's, uh, to me that's a big number 60 to 70 percent is what we're hearing through the vermont beekeepers association and that's just i don't know what it was historic i mean historically it was 80 yeah. percent, but that's you know with modern beekeeping this is this is record levels gotta change things around we gotta gotta grow up on this stuff so <laughs> we you want these. to dump uh, or yeah i have no, other I, glasses for you I have to uh, adult and drive. So. Yes, you do. <laughs> I have hours of brewing ahead of me. Yeah. So let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Sounds good. So this is Buckland for any of our Tolkien nerds out there. This is not <laughs> a reference to the Tolkien estate. <laughs> but if you are a Tolkien nerd, this was invented for our What the Heck is Up with Tom Bombadil party. Thank you. And Buckland Ooh. being the closest region to where Tom lives. So this is a lemon and green tea mead. We use green rooibos. Uh, Kelly, in her previous job, worked as the manager of a high-end tea shop. So she consults with us on all of our tea meads, of which we have a handful at any given time. Yeah. But this one, uh, one of my former brewers, at his hiring, made it a condition of his employment that we bring this from a one-off to regular production. Pretty bold Interesting. Move, yeah. DJ, to make yeah. a, <laughs> a toast. It's good. Oh, that is delightful. Yep. So it comes out on May 1st. We have it available through October 1st. We still Ooh. have it here because it's only November and people have ordered things that we're still shipping. Yeah. But um, that is nice and light. Yeah. So it's only Fine. like four, 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 yeah. 4.8, I think. Yeah. And this one, because it's made with, uh, so we control the temperature to allow more of the wild yeast to take over here. So some of that sour is coming from the lemon, but some mm -hmm. of it's also coming from that sour fermentation. Yeah. It's amazing. It's the exact same strains as, excuse me, that Valkyrie's Choice yeah. and the Bonnier, but controlling the temperature, controlling the gravity, yeah, uh, completely changes it. Now these yeast, yeast do crazy, crazy things. I mean, look how much people are just grabbing yeast during bread making because bread making became a gigantic thing when the pandemic started. It's oh, I want to make bread. I'm going to take a sourdough and. Yep. It's like, um, oh, those all those yeasts that could be going into beers or not going into beers. <laughs> my, my daughter actually asked me yesterday morning why there are people that buy bread. She has never in our home had bread that was purchased. Okay. And I was just like, I, why do you think? And she went through this whole long thing, and it's like <laughs> we mill our own grain. Like we're super nerds about it. That was that was a questionable decision. I just want to tell everyone. Like I, I committed to gr doing all my own grain. And that was that was dumb. But yeah. once you make a commitment like that to a five-year-old, you've got to stick with it. So, 
Um, also the mill, even though it's the quietest mill, you can't run it when the baby is asleep. So that also controls. Anyway, um, yeah. but no, I, I genuinely, genuinely enjoy that rhythm to my week, the rhythm to my day, and the rhythm to my year. And I think that's something that a lot of society, um, Western society, has mm-hmm. lost. And, you know, we're coming into the holiday season, and, you know, I was raised Jewish and, and American, <laughs> so I celebrate all the holidays. And it, it was a big deal to transition in our family. I actually shift my work schedule mm-hmm. depending on the sun. We have this farm and it tells you when you can work um i as i i agree i've never experienced a fall like this and i've lived in new england for decades but i'm kind of thankful because i was out planting today and i should not be able to do that there should be snow on the ground you know ground's a little frozen yeah but um no i think that seasonality is so important it's something we try to capture with our meads as well yeah so mentioning uh your jewish wood Mead be considered kosher because we interviewed Shiloh in uh, Gloucester, Ontario, and they are a kosher brewery. We were kosher for years. Okay. And we loved the koshering authority we worked with. The issue was we are switching to working with small farmers. Okay. And every single small, small farm, we were paying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get the certification for sometimes an ingredient that yeah. cost. $400, we pay $500 for the nice. koshering. And it just. It's a bit of a kick in the bottom line. Yeah. And so we couldn't justify it, but we're, we're completely, you know, we yeah. use only kosher ingredients. Um, I was raised very much ethnically Jewish. Um, yeah. I, I keep kosher for the week of Passover, and that is it. And my fa- <laughs> the rest of my family does not. Uh, except for usually Easter falls in the middle, and I'll always have ham yeah. on Easter. I do joke with, with a couple of my Jewish friends. I'm like, oh, you're Jew-ish. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, uh, because, of, because as, as I've said, uh, not to malign or to really feed into the stereotype yeah. of my people, but I will always buy four discount hams and my matzah on the same <laughs> shopping trips because at 12 cents a pound... I'm not turning away ham. That's uh, four decades. Yeah. Uh, my parents would come down to America to buy our Thanksgiving turkey because of how much cheaper it is oh, here yeah. versus in Canada. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. Now prices have kind of leveled off, but it, it's frankly, still like... they should. You know, uh, being, being a small yeah. farmer uh, yeah. and not having to pay the bills with it, paying the bills with yeah. this, um, I don't... Yeah. We, we need to get over our uh, cheap food policy <laughs> in the United yeah, exactly. States. Who have you collabed with when it comes to... Uh, you mentioned Graham Frost. Yep. Who else have you collabed with when it comes to making products or putting your products so, in other stores? Yeah, we just, uh, I think yesterday, this will be weeks ago when everyone's watching this, but um, we worked with Village Garage Distillery, their very first batch of bourbon. Ryan grabbed his barrels, got them on the back of a truck, brought them right up to us the day they were drained. We filled them with mead. We released a bottled series, one of which you just tapped your hand on. <laughs> he took the barrels back, put a barrel-aged gin in them, and it just launched yesterday. So uh, that's one of my favorite projects I've ever gotten yeah. to do. Then we worked with... Um, I'm starting a new international collaboration, which will be a lot of fun and really okay. tricky. So Grim Frost, they come up with the ideas. They helped us with the recipes. And um, it's a lot of fun to work with those with those folks. But I'm going to be working with a British mead maker to try to make the same mead on either side of the Atlantic. Okay. So that's really exciting. Um, Playing with a water profile is going to be such a change. Yeah. Uh, well, we actually joked because we may make the same recipe but with domestic honey okay and then 
I was like, but no one's going to care because the one person who gets on an airplane in Burlington flies straight to London and tries the same meat at both yeah. places will not be pissed off that they taste different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then we uh, we made a braggot with okay. uh, Hugen and Moonen uh, with our friends at Black Flannel. And that was a really cool collaboration because one of the longest time uh, friends of our company invented the recipe, won in a national competition with it, then gifted the recipe to us. Awesome. So the beer brewer from Black Flannel, my friend Dan, and I, and Rob all got to brew it together. And that was just the greatest. And I got to say, it is one of the best beers I've ever had. And I have worked in international beer tasting. Kelly and I estimate we've had over 2,000 beers each. And this really would be one of the top 10 or 12. That's amazing. All I did was show up and pour honey in. That was a pretty face <laughs> for photos. Yeah, bra- brackets are pretty unique. I, I enjoyed, I think I've only had one or two in Canada. And I was like, it's just such a change. Yeah. It's it's always good to to experience new things, yeah. in, in my opinion. That's, that's why it's, when the border shut down for the last two years, I'm like, I miss Vermont so much. <laughs> Vermont and Upper New York State, like uh, yeah. at the pretty much like Saratoga and above. Yeah, I missed it all. It's 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 hard as as a Canadian who lives so close to America, and finds especially Vermonters have very much a Canadian attitude when it comes to just like and a Canadian do, accent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that too. I mean, like you said, Vermont is basically Vermont. Yeah. So it's uh it's always nice to we can finally do this again and. I'm sure you going to your local beer bars or restaurants where, where your products are sold and hearing like a French accent again, you're like, yes, it's right? so nice oh to have Oh my God, that. yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, speaking of that, like friends in the area to try now, I know you guys are, I guess the closest place to buy your mead would be a couple of stores, but maybe Winooski Beverage Center would be yes. best. Yes, Winooski Beverage they're is yes. monstrous. And they, they, well, they carry everything. We've, they were the first people to pick us up in Vermont. Mm-hmm. They've been wonderful to work yeah. with. So, but uh, who would you suggest who local restaurants that have your meads and things like that? Who would you love to shout out? Ooh, um, I don't know. I have a five-year-old and a one-year-old and I never get out. <laughs> okay. So Winooski Beverage is where I send everyone. Um, we're at Twigs here, right here in St. Albans. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're all around the state. And the other cool thing is we just started doing events again. Cool. Um, so we had a mead hall for many, many years. And when we moved from Colchester, Vermont up to here, we're in a big industrial building and we couldn't have a restaurant anymore, but we've started doing uh, what Bryce is calling parking lot parties. <laughs> and so I started a catering company yeah. uh, making the same foods that we used to have. I actually opened a food company through our website also, uh, making mead jellies and mustards and things like that. Um, I like making mead, but cooking's my passion. Yeah, so. okay. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's, same, yeah. it's a science altogether, yeah. right? So. Yeah, so come find me. Awesome. I love drinking with strangers. <laughs> that's the important part is you're being sociable about it it's not like you're being you know you're no stuck up in like no my product's too good for some people it's you're like we're making mead come and drink my booze and also be happy the, be respon- drink responsibly and the other side of it is if you don't like my mead that's fine if you don't like mead in general yeah. that's fine I am a uh, a Jewish Catholic drinker in the other sense of the word Catholic. Um, there's hardly a thing I don't like, though if you want to know what it is, it's Brennevin. Um, it's the Black Death from Iceland. Um, but other than that, I'll drink just about anything. But one of the reasons we make so many different things is we want something that appeals to everyone and not just the flavor profile, but as you said, 
sure, I'll drink a bottle of wine on the beach under the exact right circumstances, yeah. but I'd, I drink Buckland on the beach. Yeah. And I want something that people can drew, enjoy a few pints of. And that was the one thing that did not exist on the market when we got started. If you were drinking mead anywhere in the US, even if it was homebrew, you needed a designated <laughs> driver. And I yeah. wanted to be part of that pub culture, that mead hall culture where you could have a couple pints and feel good to go home. Yeah, that's awesome. Love it. So you said you moved from Colchester to St. Mm -hmm. Albans. Was St. Albans very welcoming of, of you coming down and, yes, and opening we, here? Yes, absolutely wonderful. We, um, there's a beautiful, beautiful park called Bay Park right around the corner. And they have been super welcoming, letting us use it. They actually rebranded their fall festival as Harvest Fest. Nice. With us so that we could do it as a collaboration between the, the town and ourselves. So very that cool. was wonderful. That's amazing. It's always nice to hear when a, when a town's very welcoming of, yeah. come on, like they understand that this is business and taxes for, for that town. Yeah. Bring it on in. So and it's that, also really cute because we have like 10 people that work yeah. here and uh, the largest Ben and Jerry's plant in the world <laughs> is right over there with uh, untold hundreds. And yeah. then, you know, two other huge, multiple hundreds of people, the yeah. largest employers in our county are all in this business park that there's here us at the bottom of the hill yeah. and they treat us just like everyone else. That's the most amazing thing. They come in, they check in, um, invite me to all the same meetings as Unilever. It's pretty weird. Yeah. That's amazing. So you do mention you have a one-year-old and a five-year-old, but let's yes. say you're able to take two weeks off from you and the wife are able to take two weeks okay. off from the business and okay. have the grandparents watch the kids for two weeks. And imagine what's kind thing. of a, a mead booze-based vacation that you'd oh like my God. to take? We would go, so we did our honeymoon in Norway. Okay. Um, I've been to Scotland and Kelly never has. Okay. And she told me just the other day, it's the one thing she's jealous of is that I've been to Scotland and she hasn't. She's been to Ireland and I yeah. haven't. Um, but we're talking about what she's jealous about. So I think we would do Scotland and then visit our family in Denmark. Yeah. I, I personally, I, I've never done it. I need to do the Europe. So I need to get to England. I'm a Euro mutt. So, mm -hmm. you know, I know I'm British, Scottish, and Irish, so I got to do all that at mm -hmm. some point and make my way to the, at least to the Czech yes. Republic and just booze. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm Powerball a, this weekend, so, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a languophile, so I, I would love to have an impetus to learn or relearn some of my languages. So I'd love to do Germany, Denmark. I can speak most of the Scandinavian yeah. languages well enough. But yeah, I think we would uh, get on a plane to Denmark yeah. tomorrow. But we'd bring the kids. We wouldn't even have to leave them with the yeah, grandparents. There you go. What would you consider your gateway mead? Somebody who's not a mead drinker, they come in. What's this mead oh, stuff? Oh, absolutely. Let me try it. Valkyrie's choice. Okay. Honey, water, yeast to turn it into alcohol. The end. Uh, the funniest thing we get about that is people go, it's not sweet. It yeah. doesn't taste like honey. And I've never heard someone drink a glass of beer and go, this doesn't taste like cereal. Yeah. We like to take honey and turn it into something. Yeah. Uh, for people who are coming from not the craft beer world, but just drinking, interested in things, yeah. uh, the Ancient Collection is really fun, really interesting. If you want to start playing that game of looking for that layer upon layer upon layer upon mm -hmm. layer, because I mean, it's 150 different yeast strains all working on numerous yeah. different ingredients over the course of months. So that one's a lot of fun. So Vanier, Hegir, Bragi. But... Yeah, Valkyrie's Choice is far and away our best seller. It's amazing what what guys like yourself and uh, Craig Wildheart, Wildheart, yeah. and uh, breweries, and just like we take this flavor and we don't let it overpower, and it balances out. 
And that was the hardest thing, learning, because there was no playbook. There was no, I mean, yes, there are millions of meat recipes, but they were not for making what we wanted to make. And we made our very first hop swarm. Uh, We did very small batch. Usually my smallest batch is 1,000 gallons, but uh, that'd be 4,000 liters for your listeners. (laughs) And um, it poured green on the tap. And Kelly <laughs> loved it. It was like straight hop yeah, tea yeah. and just like I did. There were like four or five customers that liked it, but yeah. uh, that would have been a very small minority. So, you know, you got to make what people like and you yeah, got to experiment. Sure. But yeah, every once in a while I'll make something like that for her. But it was hilarious, like light, light green, yeah. visibly. Yeah. I know there's a brewery in Ohio that made it like an ecto cooler beer and it pours green. And I'm just like... I don't want to go to Ohio too often, but I want to go to Ohio and try this like super cool, unique beer. You know, it's the same thing where uh, we as a show, we're lucky enough to try Utopia out of Sam Adams. It's it's that experience I to got, try it. I got to drink it as part of an international judging competition, and it was supposed to be um, blind judging, but someone brought it out, and the only thing you were allowed to know was the ABV. Which was... 28 percent uh yeah well yeah and i looked down at it and i looked at everything else on my chart and i was like dear sam (laughs) um it was was amazing but it was also pre-bottling yeah so um they sent a growler of it and i got a pint glass of it which was a dangerous situation it's so weird to think pre-covid because i just like took a sip and i was like after the judging was over, I just handed it around yeah. to all the other judges. Like, who else is going to get a chance to try this direct off a tank? Um, yeah, no, it was, it yeah, was the, amazing. The world we used to live in two and a half years ago. Yeah. So all <laughs> so, you could get was mono. Yeah. Oh, uh, I got one more over there. You yes, said you do. This is the other one. This is our okay. real, if you want your beer drinker's gateway. Okay. So this Fantastic. is Old Wayfair. And... It is a combination of demerara sugar and dark honey aged on oak. Okay. Wow. Is it a toast? Chaim. Ooh, yeah. That's right up my alley. I actually... I mean, everything's been fantastic, but personally, personally, this is up my alley. Yeah. Uh, So yesterday, my, my kids come with me to work every day except on the weekends which this is and um i was like where is my beer and my daughter was like daddy that's that's not a beer that's a mead mm-hmm. but it's like it even tricked me i've been brewing this for nine years yeah. and i took one sip and thought i had something for my friends at 14 star i just loaded up with them last week yeah um but yeah it it took a long time to get this exactly where i wanted and um i'm tweaking it again I, that's actually what's brewing in the other room. I don't know if you can hear the hum in the background. I hope not. We're well mic'd, but um, where I'm trying a new version of this. Uh, I think this is the one recipe I've never brewed exactly the same twice in a row. It's my uh, uh, Goram white whale, so to speak. But I'm trying to bring up those sort of like Belgian sugar flavors in the next one by changing my yeast profile and all sorts yeah. of things. Now that you mentioned it, I do get a hint of that like little hint of that Belgian yeast. Yeah. It's it's so faint, but it is there. It's it's getting the yeast to attack the sh- the brown sugar mm-hmm. and the honey at different rates. So we're actually doing a split initial initial mix. Uh, again, we're an open source company. All of this is yeah. documented. If you want to know exactly what we're doing and what we we screw around with, but um, giving it time to start in on the yeast and then hitting it with brown sugar at just its peak of fermentation, so it doesn't strip too much flavor. Um, 
which we haven't done because it requires more tanks than I would like to use. Yeah, for sure. But it'll be worth it if it's the, the meat I want. Amazing. Uh, what's next is Grownfellas brand? That's a good question. My first big international collaboration with this other mead maker. Um, I started a publishing company, um, book distribution company, food huh. company, growing mushrooms. Um, we're basically an 18th century homestead here. Okay. Uh, we've started mowing the lawn with goats. So, um, must be we're just pulling the tail. I, it, 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 oh, and then oh, the noise they make. You think starting up a Honda? Oh my God! Um, and then you walk in the grass clippings. Isn't nearly as bad as this. But um, no, we're uh, our big thing is COVID isn't at an end. You know, I tested this morning before I knew I was yeah, coming here. Yeah. COVID's, no, COVID's I, still I around. Got a cold, and I'm like, oh God, I got COVID again. No, yeah, yeah. no, no. Three days in a row, I'm negative. But good. but yeah. what? With the testing, with the vaccines, everything we've always done has been about our community. Mm -hmm. It was really hard. I mean, I literally cried twice on camera while we closed down our restaurant. Like I, it was everything to me. And the world was not asking for craft meat. Uh, I was just very excited that they wanted it. But we are here to support our community. That's why we're an open source company. That's Mm -hmm. why we have a, a private Facebook group that allows everyone to just talk about their homebrews, other meads, it doesn't matter. It's just a safe space, um, getting to do events again, getting to open up my little farm for visitors. That's what I'm really, really excited about. And the fact that now that we're shipping throughout the US, if someone wants our mead, they can get it. But what I want them to know is if you like it, if you're a homebrewer, brew for your community, throw an event. I know you're more of an industrial sector right now, but if, if the option was there to kind of have like a small tasting room, could you oh, see yourself I doing that? I would love that. So what we're trying to do is have a pop-up tasting room in collaboration with the town. Okay. So uh, focusing on their different parks. Uh, there are a handful of parks here mm-hmm. in, in the town, and every month, rain or snow, yeah. um, I'm perfectly happy to have people snowshoe up to me with a keg on my back. Um, I've done it before. <laughs> But that's that's the dream for me. Once a month for now, and then starting to do a couple catered events every month, where we start bringing back the foods. We feature some of the things that we've been growing and and making here. I, I look forward to your future uh, here in St. Albans and and the rest of Vermont, because uh, unfortunately it's the only place I can come and get it. Um, who knows? Maybe if the borders ever open both ways for for booze or alcohol in general, right. uh, meat is a completely different category in in Quebec. I don't know of any it's all so, it's uh, off camera i can tell you the yeah. very long story but yeah. we may be available near you soon oh i am very very tempted by that uh, you just gotta add french in quebec for to come on up so <laughs> this i know we actually uh spaced everything in anticipation of that to be able to shift the phone wow i am looking forward to that day to be honest ricky thank you very very much thank for you today. so much really appreciate you taking time out of your thank all clearly of you. super busy schedule to speak with us today uh, for those who are looking for a Grownfell or Havoc, where can people find you? Uh, we ship to 44 states. Uh, we're not available in Canada yet. But yeah, just hop online, grunfell.com, and uh, we probably ship to you. And if we don't ship mead, we ship jelly and books. Amazing. As for us, allbeerinside.com is the website, at allbeerinside on all social media. And as you say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap. <laughs>